Good morning, Alex and friends. Today is Monday, July 10th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Think about grabbing your sunscreen and staying hydrated riverside because it's a hot one today with a high of 95.4 degrees and the mercury dipping to a low of 65.1 during the wee hours. In today's stories, first, we'll dive deep into the growing urgency of addressing the black maternal mortality crisis right here in the United States. We navigate through the trenches of the health disparities and systemic biases that contribute to this crisis and explore the many ways we can address it head on. Then we spotlight the people who put food on our tables but are now facing grave adversities due to climate change. Our story, farm workers on the front lines, climate change endangers lives amidst lack of federal protections, takes you directly into the fields where you'll hear firsthand from these resilient workers who are operating in increasingly dangerous conditions. Finally, a momentous occasion in the world of golf. We bring attention to a 25-year-old Hawaiian dynamo who has blazed her way into the history books. Hear about her incredible journey and stunning success at the U.S. Women's Open as she became the first golfer from Hawaii to claim an LPGA title. Stay tuned for these stories and more on Alex's News. Let's get started. Today, we are delving into a daunting issue affecting women in the U.S., the black maternal mortality crisis. To help us understand this better, we have our resident reporter, Antoni, on board. Antoni, can you give us an overview of the current situation? Absolutely, Connie. At the moment, the U.S. holds the highest maternal mortality rate among developed countries globally, with black women disproportionately affected. Shockingly, research published in the Journal of the American Medical Association reveals that over the last two decades, the death rate for pregnant black women has more than doubled. They are more than twice as likely to face severe complications during pregnancy and almost three times as likely to die as compared to white women. That's deeply troubling, Antoni. Do we know what's precipitating these high death rates? The roots of this disparity can be traced back to a long history of racism influencing science and medicine, which has perpetuated negative stereotypes about black people that still persist today. In fact, the high death rates for black women during childbirth have been consistent since maternal mortality rates were first recorded in the 1930s. It merits noting that this is not a recent issue, but a long-standing crisis. So what steps are being taken to address this, and are they effective? That's a crucial question, Connie. Though efforts have been taken, they've been insufficient. Karen Sheffield Abdullah, a nurse midwife and a professor of nursing at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill underlines the need to improve maternal health outcomes for black women through comprehensive action. This would mean executing supportive policies, enhancing healthcare access, and providing ample support for pregnant black women. However, solving this issue isn't straightforward. Can you elaborate on why that's the case? Certainly, Connie. One of the significant roadblocks is the lack of awareness among the general public. Complete resolution of this issue isn't possible without a broader understanding of it. This brings to light the importance of targeted education campaigns and public dialogue to bring the crisis to the forefront and generate support for black women during pregnancy. 
This crisis certainly can't be ignored any longer. How can we ensure that we make progress? For change to happen, we need to abandon the complacency that has allowed this issue to be overlooked for too long. Urgency is required to dismantle the systemic barriers contributing to these disparities in maternal health outcomes. This means addressing racial bias in medical care, improving access to health care services, and fostering culturally sensitive care. It's a multifaceted challenge that demands comprehensive solutions. So, in conclusion? In conclusion, Connie, the black maternal mortality crisis, is an immediate concern that demands immediate action to ensure equitable maternal health outcomes for all women, regardless of their race or ethnicity. Greater awareness, comprehensive policies, improved health care, and increased support for black women must be prioritized for real change to take place. It's alarming to think about the severity of this crisis. Anthony, thank you for providing us with this in-depth analysis. Next, after the break, we'll be covering... Our second story today takes us again into the ongoing conversation on climate change, but this time we delve a bit deeper to its effects on farm workers. Ellie, you've been closely following this issue. Can you break down the situation for us? Absolutely, Connie. Simply put, climate change is having a severe impact on farm workers who are on the front lines of this global issue. As temperatures soar to record highs, these workers are subjected to increasingly dangerous conditions. And here's a staggering statistic. That's a heart-rending statistic. So essentially, without any significant federal protections, they're subjected to these dangerous conditions? Can you talk more about the consequences of this lack? Certainly. The harsh reality is that in the absence of a federal heat standard, their situations become even more precarious. While some states like California have taken proactive measures, such as setting up their own heat protection regulations, the lack of comprehensive federal protections means many farm workers across the nation are left exposed to potentially hazardous working conditions. Let's dig a little deeper into these proactive steps you mentioned that California has taken. What do they entail? In California, they've put in place state-specific heat protection regulations. These include guaranteeing access to fresh and cool water, allowing workers shade breaks during high temperatures, and continuously monitoring their health to recognize any heat-related issues but it's essential to remember that this kind of protection isn't standardized across the country. Yes, it looks like these issues are not as clear-cut as one might think. Is climate change the only factor here, or are there other considerations in play? Good question, Connie. It's crucial to understand how these problems intersect. It isn't just about climate change. This situation emphasizes the intersectionality between climate change, sustainable farming practices, and workers' well-being. Experts and farmworker organizations stress the urgency of shifting towards sustainable agriculture to lessen greenhouse gases production, which can slow down climate change at its source and ensure the safety of workers. It is inspiring to consider that sustainable practices could potentially address this dire issue. What might the bigger picture look like if these changes are implemented nationwide? The desired outcome would be a future where a commitment to sustainable farming practices is standard, actively contributing to the mitigation of climate change impact and prioritizing worker safety. It could be transformative for the industry and, importantly, life-saving for farm workers. And there seems to be a human element that brings these issues sharply into focus. Could you touch on that? Absolutely. The narratives of farm workers enduring extreme heat throughout their careers are deeply moving. 
Their stories emphasize just how urgently systemic change and increased protection is needed as their livelihoods are directly impacted by climate change effects. The connection between climate change, worker safety, and sustainable farming is clear, and the need for action is urgent. Ellie, thanks for your analysis on this serious situation faced by farm workers due to climate change. My pleasure, Connie. Looking forward to your updates on this. Wrapping up today's roundup with our third and final story, let's welcome Arnold to tell us about a significant milestone in American women's golf. Arnold, what do we have today? Well, Connie, our featured golfer today made the sports world take notice at the U.S. Women's Open held at Pebble Beach, California. Allison Corpus, a 25-year-old Hawaiian golfer, secured her first-ever LPGA title. It's safe to say that Corpus made quite a historic splash as she's the first American in two decades to win this coveted title. Two decades? Wow, that is something. What was the key to her victory? Corpus was outstanding throughout the whole event, Connie. She sealed her win with a 3-under-69 on the last day, leaving her at a total of 9-under-279. That was three shots better than her closest rivals. What is more, she was the only contender to break par for each day of the tournament. This shows her exceptional capabilities and the mental strength required under such pressure. The event being at Pebble Beach for the first time, how impactful is that? Hosting the event at Pebble Beach indeed amplified the significance of her victory. This was the first U.S. Women's Open to be played there. Corpus expressed her admiration for the prestigious golf course, as well as the honor of winning a major championship on it. Essentially, her composed manner through the tournament highlighted her maturity and focus. And I heard something about Obama congratulating Corpus? That's right, Connie. The magnitude of Corpus's victory earned her recognition far and wide. Former President Barack Obama, a fellow alumnus of her school, congratulated her via Twitter. Also worth mentioning is that Corpus was rewarded with a $2 million prize, the largest ever for any LPGA major champion. This certainly illustrates the prestige and significance of her win. It truly is an exceptional achievement. Now I understand there were more records broken by Corpus. Could you tell our listeners more about that? Most assuredly, Connie. Corpus grew up in the same state as Michelle Wee West, another major champion. And with this win, she joins Wee West as the only Hawaiian major champions. She also broke Wee West's record as the youngest player to qualify for the U.S. Women's Amateur Public Links when Corpus was just 10 years old. Her talent and dedication to the sport were evident even from such a young age. Amazing. So what could this mean for the future of women's golf? Allison Corpus's win at the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach isn't just her first LPGA title, but also a significant moment for American women's golf. Her exceptional performance, calm approach, and record-breaking accomplishments depict her as a trailblazer in the sport, inspiring young, aspiring golfers nationwide. Thank you for sharing this exceptional story, Arnold. The journey of this young rising star is certainly an inspiration for so many. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made with ChatGPT, Eleven Labs, and a program written by you. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.